Have you reached midlife or beyond and find yourself aching for a more fulfilled life? Do you long for something bigger to light you up or set you free? Then this is the place for you. I'm inviting you to join me in some insightful conversations with extraordinary humans, all striving to live our best life in the second half of life. I also share some of my personal discoveries in creativity and growth. I'm Patty Diener, an author, an entrepreneur, and a seeker of the best life possible in our beautiful second act. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beautiful Second Act Podcast. I'm Patty Diener, your host. And if you're just finding this podcast for the first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Um, if you're returning to this podcast, I'm really happy because that means you must have liked something about it and it brought you back. So <laughs> welcome to Beautiful Second Act Podcast. Um, before we dive into today's episode of More is Not Always Better, How to Know When Enough is Enough, um, I'd like to talk to you about my book, After the Fire. After the Fire was a novel that I wrote based on the true events of the Valley Fire that happened here in Lake County, California in 2015. And my characters, Gabe and Sarah, are to the Valley Fire what Jack and Rose were to the Titanic. So it is based on true events. However, it is a fictionalized story and um, it's a love story. So uh, take a look in the show notes today and I will leave links on how you can pick up your copy today in either ebook or paperback on Amazon. And you can also get it in select retailers in Northern California. Okay, so let's talk today about more is not always better and how you know when enough is enough. The reason I came up with this today, you guys, is I have been really diving deep into learning about the Tao Te Ching. Um, a gentleman named Lao Tzu thousands of years ago wrote the Tao Te Ching, and um, it's something that is, it's really fascinating to me. And I think that if more people would, you know, learn some, it's really hard to decipher, but I'm learning through uh, the writings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, how he deciphered the Tao Te Ching. Um, it's, it's really, I think it's fascinating that if more people would learn a little bit about it, that it might make for a more peaceful existence here on earth. <laughs> and I'm always one trying to strive to find joy, find peace, find the flow, find ease and grace. And then I, whatever I learn, I pass on to you guys. So you're stuck with me today. <laughs> Uh, today, I'm, I'm focusing on the ninth verse in the Tao Te Ching, and it says, To keep on filling is not as good as stopping. Overfilled, the cupped hands drip. Better to stop pouring. Sharpen a blade too much, and its edge will soon be lost. Fill your house with jade and gold, and it brings insecurity. Puff yourself with honor and pride, and no one can save you from a fall. Retire when the work is done. This is the way of heaven. So I'm, I really was fascinated by that, and I wanted to learn more. And reading about um, the way that Dr. Wayne Dyer kind of deciphered that is, um, it, it was really, to me, kind of like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I got it. And I thought, you know, living with a little humility and, and realizing that more is not always better, it can benefit all of us. So let me give you a few examples. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was activity, more activity, going, 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 doing, doing, doing. Um, as I was raising my kids with my husband, I realized that oftentimes I would get so exhausted and I'd get anxious because I felt like, you know, there was so much going on and our calendars were so full with all these organized activities that I was always afraid that I was forgetting something that was vitally important or 
I would get exhausted and I just really didn't want to go just one more night after working all day and going and going. And I realized too that, you know, there were so many other parents that were probably feeling the same thing I was feeling, but yet, you know, we wanted to keep our kids active in the community in sports or in, you know, theater or whatever it was that they were involved in. A lot of kids do 4-H and um, it's just that I remembered being a kid and I was reflecting on my childhood versus how we were raising my girls. And it seems like there should have been a happy medium. I mean, I enjoyed the fact that as a child, you know, and I'm 54 now, as a child, um, I had a lot of downtime, even though I did play sports and I was involved in school plays and different things in the community. I had time to have that creativity. I had time for reflection. Um, I often locked myself in my bedroom and I'd write poetry or I'd listen to music or I'd walk barefoot in the creek with my dog and, you know, go for bike rides with my friends and lay in the sun and, you know, just ponder life. And I didn't feel like um, my girls, when we were raising them, had a whole lot of downtime. I felt like it was go, go, go. And as the parents, you know, we did a lot of that. So the overactivity, um, uh, overstimulation and, um, constantly cramming more into our lives into the 24-hour period, it seems like that was, you know, more maybe wasn't always better. And I think that maybe we we can pull back in this next generation coming up and hopefully we'll learn a happy medium <laughs> somewhere in the middle, right? But um, so other things that are more to me is not always uh, necessarily better is um, possessions in your house, um, Gosh, we accumulate a lot, don't we? And sometimes it can just really get overwhelming. Um, I was looking at um, all these different how-to books that are out nowadays about, you know, making your life more simple and the feng shui of things. And, you know, if you haven't used something in the last 12 months, you're probably not going to use it and get rid of it. And But, you know, I, we've lived in the house that I'm in right now for, well, I've lived here for about 30, I want to say is that maybe 33 years and boy, do we have a lot of stuff. I mean, we, <laughs> there's stuff, you know, and you just, you do, you accumulate things over the years and whether it's yours or your kids or even your grown kids. I mean, I'm still housing things for my grown kids and, you know, my husband collects his own things and I have my own things. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, we're tripping over stuff that we probably don't need. If I went through my kitchen cabinets, I, and I've got like 30 something cabinets in my kitchen. I have a lot of kitchen cabinets and drawers. And I know this because when I had to paint them and pull the handles off, it was a lot. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, how many of the things that I have in my cupboards do I use on a daily? And how many things in my cupboards have I probably not used in a couple of years that I could probably get rid of? It's like we put this sentimentality to all these objects. And I don't know that, I don't know that I necessarily need to keep all of them, you know? And by getting rid of things, I remember when my father and his wife uh, moved from California to Arizona just a few years back. Um, going through all the things they had in their garage and all the things they had in their house. And they'd lived there for like, you know, 20 years, I guess it was, or maybe maybe not quite 20, but it was like, oh my gosh, people, we hoard things. We don't even, and, and who, cons who considers something a hoarder, right? It's like, if you don't have things piled up all over your house and only pathways to get through them, maybe that's not a hoarder, right? And a hoarder's only if you can have narrow pathways to walk through. Now I'm thinking that we're all have a little bit of hoarding in us. <laughs> a little bit of it in us. I know I hoard books. I mean, I, I collect books. I do try and get rid of some of them as I go. You know, after I've read so many, it's like, am I ever going to reread this book or will somebody else benefit by reading it? So I try to, you know, take some to a hospice store and drop off the books I've already read and then I pick up other books and then I kind of cycle them that way. But um, seriously, we have too many possessions in our houses. You know, maybe our houses don't need to be quite so big. It's one thing if you're raising a family, 
But then when you get back down to it's just the two of you and the kids are grown and gone. And, you know, unless you're celebrating lots of, you know, hosting lots of holidays in your house, that's a lot to clean. That's a lot to take care, take care of. It's a <laughs> so it's like, you know, we, we can all tend to downsize or, um, you know, it's just more is not necessarily better. Goodness. Um, other things that obviously this is one that everybody's going to know is food. Um, especially in America. Americans, we eat entirely too much food. I mean, I'm just as guilty as any other American around here. I put too much food on my plate. Um, I've heard that um, it's a good idea to put your food on a smaller plate than your regular dinner size plate because it will help you to have more portion control and you're going to lose weight easier that way because you feel like your plate is full and then you feel more satisfied because it's that whole thing with looking at the you know, we eat with our eyes first and you feel full because you feel like your plate was full and then you ate it all. And it's just like, gosh, you know, we, we, we eat too much food. We drink too much alcohol. We take too many pills, you know, all this thing, all these things that more is not always better. And how do we know when enough is enough, right? I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing when you're accustomed to being a certain way and to, to change habits. But, um, yeah, I was I was reading through this this book that uh, I might have talked to you guys about before. It's the Dr. Wayne Dyer's book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Living the Wisdom of the Tao. And um, there are some really great things in here about the ninth verse. And I'm going to read something here to you really quickly that I think that might help you to, um, to understand what I'm talking about a little bit better. Okay, he says, Lao Tzu, who is the original author of the Tao Te Ching, um, Lao Tzu advises us to be careful about amassing great wealth and storing it away. This practice contributes to a life spent keeping our fortune safe and insured, while at the same time always feeling the need to pursue more. He counsels us to be satisfied at a level that fosters living with humility. If wealth and fame are desired, we must know when to retire from the treadmill and be like the Tao. This is the way of heaven, as opposed to the world that we live in, which is addicted to more. We can heighten our awareness that advertising is primarily designed to sell products and services by convincing us that we need something in order to be happy. Analysts might tell us that the economy is failing if it isn't continuously growing, but we can realize that excess growth, like cancer, will ultimately destroy itself. We can witness the results of overproduction in the gridlock on most highways. It now takes longer to go from one side of London to the other than it did before the invention of the automobile. We also see this principle at work whenever we shop. I call it choice overload. Pain pills for backaches, menstrual cramps, headaches, joint pains, in the morning or at night, in a capsule or liquid or a powder form. And this is true whether we're purchasing toilet paper, orange juice, or anything else. I mean, so there you go, you guys. I mean, <laughs> it's true. More is not necessarily better. We have to know when enough is enough. And, you know, a lot of it is just pride and ego. We feel that our pride will not abide having less. You know, if the man that dies with the most toys wins, that kind of mentality. <laughs> it's just not true. More toys is not necessarily going to make you happier. Although, I mean, having some toys is fun. Having a boat or, you know, having jet skis or whatever it is that, you know, floats your boat. Whatever it is that makes you happy. Sure, have a few things like that. But, um, you know, it, it, that's not what you can base your entire happiness on is having things. Having things will not make you happy. Um, just truly finding your joy and enjoying every moment of life 
And whether things are going good or things are going bad, because let's face it, uh, being a spiritual being in a human form can be very difficult. <laughs> Having this human experience is trying. And, you know, it's, we're in the life of, we're in the school of life here. And uh, life can be very hard sometimes. But if you can find happiness and joy and peace during all of the things that life throw at us, that's the key. That's what, you know, that is what's going to truly make you happy. Not having more, doing more, eating more. The last thing I want to talk to you guys about is work. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that if they work, 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 that that is going to sustain them because a lot of times they either think that they have to do that so they can make more money um, or they think that they have to do that to be able to fill the void because they don't know who they are without their work. Work can be great if it's something that truly brings you joy. That if you're doing uh, work way past the retirement years for the fact that you feel like there's no way that you'll survive without work, then maybe take a different look at your work. Um, find maybe different ways that you can make money that give you joy so you don't have to continue to work in that corporate world or whatever difficult world is that you possibly would want to retire from. And, um, you know, so many people are working and overworking themselves for, you know, chasing, chasing the next dollar. Make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Some of us truly do need the extra money, you know, especially if you're having difficulties making the rent. But there are always creative ways to make the rent or pay the bills. Um, if you are in a position, though, that you absolutely can pay your bills and you can afford to do with less money and you think that you would be happier not working in whatever space it is that you're working in currently, then reevaluate. Take that next step to pivot to towards, you know, towards whatever it is that would make you happier, whether that be, you know, maybe gardening or um, you could turn gardening into a landscape business if that would make you happier if you still want to work. Uh, or it could be, you know, construction. Maybe you want to do small projects and you can sell them at craft fairs, uh, you know, with woodworking or welding or baking. Um, there are so many things. Scrapbooking. You think that you can't make money at scrapbooking. You absolutely can. People will pay for a service. That is a service if they hand you a box of photographs and you create beautiful things with them for their families, that is a service. Um, you know, if you want to become a yoga instructor, if you want to teach about nutrition, if you've got credentials that you can use outside the corporate world, there are ways of making money once you get to be older and then you can make it into something that's more pleasurable to you and not work yourself to death because more work is not necessarily better. Find a way to work smarter and not harder. So there you go, you guys. Um, that's my little spiel on more is not always better. How to know when enough is enough. Um, today was kind of a short episode, I guess, for me, because I am I tend to go long-winded. <laughs> I'm going to leave links today in the show notes for how you can find um, the book that I was uh, reading an excerpt out of today. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer has passed, but um, his work continues on. I just absolutely love um, sharing with you guys the things that I read, whether it's stuff from Brene Brown or Gabrielle Bernstein or Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, you know, from Deepak Chopra or Don Miguel Ruiz. These are people that I read regularly. Um, Michael Singer, 
And I just truly love to share with you guys the things that I'm learning that are making my life better. In the second half of life, we're always striving to live our best life. And I want to make sure that you guys know how much I want for you to be living your best life in the second half of life. Well, thanks again for joining me here today. If you enjoy this content, you know what would be great is if you could share out with other people that you like Beautiful Second Act podcast. You know, tell your friends in the coffee house, tell your friends at the beauty parlor, tell your friends at the auto repair shop, um, you know, tell your friends at work. And if you really like this, what would really be great, you guys, is if you could subscribe to this show, leave a rating, um, you know, hey, five stars look really great for me and help other people to want to listen more. <laughs> Uh, leaving a review really helps too. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd lo love to hear what you thought about it. So leave a review. And if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, go ahead and reach out to me. You can DM me on my Instagram account, which is beautiful underscore second underscore act. And that's something I'll also leave in the show notes. So yeah, if you, I'd love to work with you. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, um, we can talk about how you can do that. All right, you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. I'll meet you back here next Tuesday with a wonderful interview that I'm going to be sharing with you folks. And I'll be here every Tuesday. So I hope to see you back here then. Cheers.